So we begin ala barakatillah with reading from the book Kitab al-Tawheed the book of al-Tawheed and al-Tawheed is something that most of you bi-idhnillah ta'ala are familiar with however there will be those who are here with us today who are not so familiar with this topic and this term this word Tawheed maybe it's the first time some of you are hearing this word and there's no problem with this and in order to benefit everyone who is here and who intends to attend these classes and we will try our best with the aid of Allah to be mindful of the various levels of you that are here as learners and that we deliver these classes in a manner that benefits us all the beginner the intermediate learner the advanced learner Islam is for everyone. A tawheed is for everyone. And so although there may be from amongst us those who are advanced and who may feel at times that certain matters that are being explained, certain aspects that we cover are clear and simple simple and, and, and clear to you however we have to remember that there are those to whom, to whom these matters are not so clear not so uh, simple and we have to remember that we also ourselves were like this at one point the, 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 the word tawheed what is this at one point we didn't know, we didn't know what tawheed was as well as the fact that no matter how great your knowledge is and how advanced you are in your knowledge, true understanding and acceptance and appreciation of knowledge would mean that a person doesn't get bored of hearing this knowledge again and again. Or that he becomes uh, uninterested towards this knowledge the Prophet Muhammad was there anybody who knew the Quran better than him was there anybody who was more acquainted with the Quran that was revealed to him more than him whilst he was the one upon whom the Quran was revealed, upon his heart. The Quran was revealed upon his heart. The Quran was revealed to him through Jibreel, from Allah, Taala, through Jibreel, alayhi salam. He would read the Quran back to Jibreel. He would review and he would memorize, 
he would revise the Quran with Jibreel every year in Ramadan. And as Allah he mentioned, and we shall cause you to read this Quran and you will not forget it. Allah made it so that he will not forget the Quran. The Messenger Muhammad But along with this, even with this, he said to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, the companion, radiallahu anhu, he said, the Messenger of Allah, to whom, to whom the Quran was revealed to, upon his heart, Jibreel came to him directly with it. He said to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, Iqra alayh. He said, read to me. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he said, Am I to read the Quran to you? And to you the Quran was revealed? Subhanallah. Abdullah ibn Masood, why is he making this statement? Why is he making this statement? This is a question. Anybody can answer. You can be advanced, you can be intermediate, you can be a beginner. Why is Abdullah ibn Masood? Why is he يعني, expressing uh, the fact that he finds it strange? Naam. Naam, because the Messenger Muhammad is the most familiar with the Quran. Allah made it so that he will not forget the Quran. He takes it directly from Jibreel and he revises it. He revises it with Jibreel. And so the Messenger of Allah he said, فَإِنِّي أُحِبْ أَنْ أَسْمَعُهُ مِنْ غَيْرِهِ Indeed, I love to hear it, the Qur'an, from other than me. I want to hear it from someone else, this Qur'an, these ayat that have been revealed to me. I want to hear it from somebody else. فَقَرَأْتْ عَلَيْهِ And so I, I, I recited to him. مِنْ أي سورة does anyone know the hadith, the hadith in Sahihain? In the Sahih of Imam Bukhari Imam, and, and Imam Muslim. Surah An-Nisa. Surah An-Nisa, up until he says that I reached, فَكَيْفَ إِذَا جِئْنَا مِنْ كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ بِشَهِيدٍ وَجِئْنَا بِكَ عَلَى هَؤُلَاء شَهِيدًا Then how about when we bring from every nation a witness against that nation. And we bring you, Muhammad وسلم, as a witness over these. فقال, and so the messenger of Allah وسلم, he said, he said, I'm sick. He said, he said, that's it, stop. He said to, to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, stop. فَإِذَا عَيْنَا تَذْرِفَانِ So Abdullah ibn Mas'ud is saying that I looked and his eyes were shedding tears. His eyes were shedding tears. Showing to us, ayyul ikhwa, that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, even though he was the most knowledgeable of the Quran, to him it was revealed upon his heart, directly from Jibreel, that he would listen to it over and over, even from those lesser than him. And the Quran, this knowledge that is there, this guidance that is there within the Quran, that it doesn't matter how advanced your knowledge is and how much knowledge you have. True 
understanding of it, true acceptance of it, and appreciation of it, means that every time you hear it, it has an effect. To this point where the Messenger of Allah, he shed tears upon hearing it, hearing that which he already had. Naam. Two questions. Why, why this topic of Tawheed? And why this book, Kitab al-Tawheed, from this Imam, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah. So two questions, but we will answer these two questions via two other questions. And that is first and foremost, what is Tawheed? What is Tawheed and what is the importance of Tawheed? Because this will then answer for us those two questions. Why we chose this topic and why we chose this book. Naam. What is Tawheed? What do we mean by Tawheed? Awalan, firstly, as the scholars they do commonly when they explain the books to us and they explain these important topics to us, very often they would explain the Arabic term yeah, or the term that we, or the, 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 the word, the term, the sub subject matter within the Arabic language itself. Then they will explain to us from uh, an Islamic perspective or within the language of the Sharia what, that, what the meaning is. So we have the language, the Arabic language, the meaning within the Arabic language and the language of the Arabs. And then we have the meaning within the language of the Quran, of, 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 of Al-Islam. So a tawheed, firstly in the um, Arabic language. What is tawheed? So we have there on the slides, for those who can see the slides, the su'al and the question, what is tawheed? Firstly, as we said, lughatan in the Arabic language. Who can tell us what, what tawheed is in the Arabic language, Ikhwan? Naam. To single out. To single out, Mumtaz, naam. To single out, to make something one, naam. So Tawheed, who can, who can tell us the roots of this word? Tawheed in Arabic. Tawheed, because that's a nominal verb. It's a noun. Wahada. Wahada, you wahid. Wahada. I'm sure you all know maybe the first few numbers from the Arabic language. What's the first number? Wahid. One. To make something one. Wahada. You wahid tawheedan. It means to make something one. Wahada, as you see. You wahid tawheedan. So, to make something one. To make something one, single. And so, in the example, they say, Wahad al balda. Wahad al balda. That he made the towns or cities to be one. He made them one. So, he united the towns and the cities, made them one. Under one ruler, for example. One land. Naam. Tawheed in the language of the Sharia. 
Tawheed in the language of the Sharia. Mahua. What is it? MashaAllah, on fire. Khuna is on fire today. MashaAllah. Yes, it is. Ifradullah. With what? Bil ibadah. That's yes, we can we can say that, no doubt. It is to single out Allah with ibadah. Just ibadah alone. That's it. You read the slide? You read the next point? You got some insight into? Huh? Here we have ifradullahi bima yakhtasu bihi min al-rububiyya wal-uluhiyya wal-asma wasifat. The English is there. To single out Allah with what is specific to him from rububiyya. Rububiyya for the Beginners or for the for the for our young brothers, rububiya. Where do you think this comes from? And I'm going to help you. When we recite the the, the the surah and that first surah that we have to recite when we pray, when we stand after the takbir, the very first surah that we recite, which surah is that? Zak. Surah al-Fatiha. How does surah al-Fatiha begin? Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Tayyib. This rububiyya, where do you think? Where do you think this word comes from? Zak again. Anybody else? Zak. He's on fire too. Ewa. Rabbul Alameen. Alhamdulillah. Rabbil Alameen. Rabbah. So when we say lordship, to single out Allah with rububiyya, with his lordship, it's taken from the word Lord, Rabb. That we single him out as being the, the Lord. The Lord that يعني, nurtures his creation and this particular aspect of Tawheed, the Tawheed of Allah's Lordship, we're going to go into detail, some, some detail in what follows. Likewise, to single out Allah with worship, uluhiyya. Uluhiyya. Where do you think uluhiyya is from? This word uluhiyya. What comes before Rabbul Alameen? Ilah. Alhamdulillah. Allah. Uluhiyya. Naam. Uluhiyya with, yani with worship here. We translate it and understand it to mean worship. That He is the the true God worthy of worship. Asma'i wasifat refers to his names and attributes. That we single out Allah. When we say Tawheed, this means that we single out Allah with lordship, with worship, and with his names and attributes. And so now focusing on this, on the Tawheed of Allah. Tawheed in the Sharia, in the language of the Sharia. Tawheed of Allah, we said that we single out Allah with his rububiyyah, his lordship. And so just to mention a bit more about this. The Tawheed of Allah's lordship means to single out Allah in being or in Allah being the Lord who nurtures. The one who nurtures his creation. The one who creates the one who owns, possesses 
everything that exists. The one who sustains everything that exists. Sustains, what do we mean, what do we mean by sustain? Naam, he keeps it intact. He maintains it. He looks, and he provides for the creation. And he, 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 and he nurtures, provides, these are all similar. And he come into one another by way of meanings. The one who gives and takes life. The one who controls the creation and controls the affairs. Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah, which is the Tawheed of Allah's worship. This is to single, single out Allah with all of our worship. To single out Allah with worship. So immediately now we can see the difference between Tawheed al-Rububiyyah and Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah. Tawheed al-Rububiyyah, we single out Allah with His actions are our actions. His actions. And so this is an easy way to remember the difference between rububiyyah and uluhiyyah. That tuhidu rububiyyah is to single out Allah with his actions. So the action of him creating, providing, nurturing, sustaining, giving life, taking life. All of these are actions that are specific to him. Naam. And all of this comes under his, him being the Lord. The Lord of the creation. And Tawheed al-Uluhiyya, to single out Allah with worship, that is, that is in relation to our actions. That our worship, all of it, is to be directed to Allah alone. Naam. Tawheed al-Asma'i wa Sifat, which was the third aspect of Tawheed, to single out Allah with his names, his beautiful names, and perfect attributes. Naam. And so, this is Tawheed. Yani in, 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 in brief. And we mention this so we can bring yani, to, um, yani, uh, to, to a basic understanding those who may be hearing this word Tawheed or this topic for the first time or those who are not so familiar with it Naam again to help us understand why we have chosen this topic we ask the question why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala create us and Allah has mentioned this clearly in the Quran Allah has mentioned this clearly in the Quran. Naam, Yusuf. To test us, mashallah, yes, to test us. To test us with what? Yes, Yusuf again. Naam. To test us to see who will worship him and who will not. And so Yusuf here has given to us I provided us with two answers I was looking for. Three verses that I wanted to bring our attention to. Three verses in the book of Allah. Where Allah 
makes clear to us why he created us as human beings and why he created the jinn, why he created the heavens and the earth, why he created life and death. Allah has clearly laid this out for us. And so, for example, we turn our attention to a verse in the Quran where Allah he mentions the very reason why he created the heavens and the earth. The heavens with its levels, with its various levels. And the earth with its very various levels. Allah tells us that he created all of this and why he created this. And this is in Surah Al-Talaq. In the 60, 60, 65th uh, Surah, chapter in the Quran. Where Allah says it is Allah who has created seven heavens and of the earth the like thereof. Yani similar, similar of levels, seven levels of the earth. His command descends between them, between the heavens and the earth that you may know that Allah has power over all things and that Allah surrounds all things in his knowledge. Anybody know the Arabic of this, of this verse? This is the last verse in this chapter, Surah Al-Talaq. Allahu ladhi khalaqa madha? Sab'a samawat wa min al-ardi mithlahun. Allah is the one who created khalaqa. Look, he created sab'a samawat, the seven heavens, and the earth, and from the earth, mithlahun, just like them, meaning seven levels. And then Allah says, madha? That, that uh, his command, his command descends between them, between the heavens and the earth, that you may know. This is why he created all of this, so that you know. So you may know. So Allah is telling us why all of this exists, the seven heavens, everything, for us to know. That Allah has power over all things. And that Allah surrounds all things in his knowledge. So Allah created all of this for us to recognize him, for us to know him, and to know his names and attributes. Because we, through this we see that Allah has power over all things. And all of this Allah surrounded with his knowledge. He's perfect in knowledge, perfect in his Power and might, perfect in his names and attributes, perfect in order for him to, to have created the heavens and the earth. Now, the next verse we turn our attention to is the verse in Surah Al-Dhariyat, which most of you have heard. Well, Allah, he mentions the reason for, for, for him creating the jinn and mankind. What is that verse? Naam. Allah says again, making it clear. Everybody can understand this. Everybody. Beginner. Intermediate. The advanced level student or learner. It's clear. Allah Ta'ala, He says, I did not create the jinn. All mankind except that they should worship me alone. 
very clear. It's not difficult to understand. And in fact, there's a, uh, something that the scholars, they mentioned something here in the Arabic language. You hear in the Arabic, you, if I read, if you allow me to read the verse again and you listen carefully, ma. so you hear the ma, it's a negation. In English, we translate it here as did not. Wama khalaqatul jinna wal insa illa. The ma and the illa, when they come together to feed, to, to feed al hasr. When we have the ma and the illa come together, it benefits us with restriction. What's, we, what we understand from this is restriction. So here, when Allah says, I did not create the jinn and mankind ex except to worship me, saying this is the only reason. To restrict it to this reason. This is the only reason. So for example, another place in the Quran. وَمَا Muhammad مَاذَا إِلَّا رُسُولٌ وَمَا You hear the ma? And you hear the illa, right? وَمَا Muhammad إِلَّا رُسُولٌ What does this mean? How would we translate this? And understand this? Muhammad is not but or accept a prophet, uh, 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 a messenger. Naam. Meaning that's all he is. That's all he is. He, he is. he is not divine. He's not a God. He's not to be worshipped. Hmm? Contrast this to if he was just to say, Muhammad Rasul. Muhammad is a messenger. Or, to give an example, Another example. If I was to say, if I was to say, a Celt, Tufahin, I ate an apple. I ate an apple. Taib. If I, if I was to say this to you, do you understand from that that that's all I ate? Is it possible that I ate a banana? And an orange? Because hmm? me saying I ate an apple doesn't mean that that's the only thing I ate. I'm just telling you today I, I, I ate an apple. But on the same table, on the same spread, there were oranges, there were bananas, uh, there were pomegranates, whatever. But if I say, Ma akelt illa mother, too far. If I said to you, I didn't eat except. An apple, what do you understand from that? That's all I ate. That's all I ate. Well, is it clear? So when Allah says, What do we understand from that? In your words? No? Allah only created us for this reason. No other reason. Naam. The third verse, anyone know? The third verse that is going to pop up next. Where we understand from it why Allah created. Abdul Malik. Naam. Liyabaluwakum. Alladhi khalaqa al-mawta wal-hayata liyabaluwakum. Ayyukum. Ahsanu amala. Naam, in 
Surah Al-Mulk. And likewise, it's come in Surah uh, Hud. Where Allah mentions that he created the, the heavens in, in six days. And likewise, this comes. الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتِ نعم لِيَبَلُوَكُمْ لِيَبَلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا the one who created death and life that he may test you as Yusuf he reminded us. To test you which, which one of you is best in actions. Now if we gather all of this, these three verses together, just three, three verses together, what do we benefit from these, these three verses together? We know that Allah created us for a purpose. To test us which one of us is best in actions. That's why we live, that's why we die, that's why we were born. That's why the heavens and the earth was created. But the best of these actions is what? Naam? Tawheed. To worship him alone. Because that's the very purpose, that's the very reason why he's created us. And there are other actions, yes. There are other actions which are good actions. And that's that follow on from Tawheed. Follow on from worshiping Allah alone. Such as following the messenger that he sends. Stay, yeah, carrying out the commands and his orders. Doing that which he tells us to do. Staying away from that which he has made haram and tells us to, to stay away from. All of those are good actions. And all of those actions are from the rights of Tawheed. And follow on from Tawheed. Naam. And so, we see that Tawheed is the very reason why Allah created us and why we are on this earth why the heavens and the earth were created Naam. which leads us to the second question and that is why is Tawheed important why is it that we've chosen this topic and why is it that as people of Sunnah people of Islam that this topic is something that we constantly frequently Go over again and again and again. Repeat numerous times throughout yani our, our lives and our journey yani to, the, uh, to the hereafter. That we continuously go through the likes of this topic and the likes of these books. So why is Tawheed important? After what we've mentioned and anything from yourself. Why is, it, why is Tawheed important? Naam? Because Tawheed will cause us to enter Jannah. That the one who comes to Allah with Tawheed will enter paradise. What's the opposite of Tawheed? Shirk. The one who meets Allah with Shirk, what's his result or his end affair? The hellfire. Yes. Yes, the one who comes with shirk or meets Allah with shirk, he enters the fire. He will enter the fire if he dies upon this. Naam. Anything else? The very purpose of our existence. It is the very purpose of our existence. Naam. What else? Any, anything else from anybody else? It is the, naam. The foundation of worship, which means that in other words, the actions, the good actions that a person may perform, they will not be accept accepted if 
a person does not have tawheed. So again, another reason why tawheed is extremely important. Now, will be naam. It's very similar uh, answer to to the brother, and so we see here uh, on the uh, slide that it is the very purpose of our creation. It is the right of Allah upon His servants. The name of the book that we're going through. It's been advertised as Kitab Tawheed. The full title of the book. What is it? Does anyone know? Naam. Kitab Tawheed. Alladhi huwa Haqqullah ala al-abid. The book of Tawheed. The book of oneness. The oneness of Allah. That which is the right of Allah upon his servants. It is the right of Allah. He created this for this purpose. That's his right. And so again, it is important for us, no doubt, for us to learn Tawheed. Whoever meets Allah with Tawheed will enter paradise. Whoever meets Allah with Shirk, the opposite of Tawheed, will enter the fire. None of the good actions that are, that are performed by an individual will be accepted without Tawheed. And a person will enter paradise with Tawheed if that, is the only, if that is the only thing that he came with. Even if he or she had no other good action besides this Tawheed. Because Tawheed itself is a good action and it is the greatest of the good actions. Because a person has come with the very purpose of his creation. What's the proof for this? Anyone know a proof for this? I think all of you are giving the same answer. Naam. The hadith wherein the messenger of Allah said that there will come a man on the day of judgment and his scrolls will be displayed and yani the scales, his, his deeds will be placed on the scales and he will not have a single good deed. The, 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 uh, his, his evil actions yani, will be shown to him. And that's all he has. Until he believes that he will be destroyed. Until it will be said to him that you will not be oppressed this day. And then there will, there, there will, yani, there will be a card that will be brought forward. Bitaqa. And on this card... Will be written what? La ilaha illallah. The fact that he believed in a tawheed and he affirmed this tawheed and he came with this tawheed. Naam. So this shows to us. If it shows us anything, it shows to us that a person can enter paradise even if this is his state. Again, showing to us the great importance of tawheed. So this answers for us the reason for us choosing this topic. Why and why Tawheed is important. And يعني, we say that this kitab, the book of Tawheed, this book, my brothers, is a book, as the scholars mention concerning it, is a book that has, hasn't been authored. يعني, there, there hasn't been another book that has been authored. In the, in, in the way that the author 
of this particular book, Kitab al-Tawheed. You can see here under the, the name of the author, Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab. You can see the dates there that are placed يعني, as it relates to when he was born and when he died. You have the Hijri dates and the, and the Gregorian dates. So in the Hijri calendar, he was born 1,115 years after the Hijrah. That's when he was born. He died in 1206 after the Hijrah. This corresponds in the common era with the year 1703. That's when he was born. And he died 1792. How many years ago was that? Now you get an idea of this author when he was, when he was born and when he died. How many years ago? Like if, we, if we're talking about his, his death, how long ago was it since he died? Yeah, roughly. Huh? About 230, sir. Is that those who were good with maths? Naam? About, about roughly about 200 and? 30, 231 to be precise, Zach, you're the, you're the, you're the calculator here. Now, so you see how long after, over a, well over a thousand years after the Hijrah and the time of the Messenger of Allah and the Sahaba, this author came along and authored this book in such a manner that no one before him had authored. Yes, books were written to do with Iman and Tawheed, yes, but not in this manner. Not in this manner. And we're going to see. We're going to see. Because Tawheed in those early generations was something which the people, the Muslims, alhamdulillah, with it being the very foundation of the religion, they, yani, uh, yani they had a good understanding of this Tawheed. Although, yes, the uh, sects appeared, and they did appear those who fell into opposition or made mistakes in this matter of Tawheed and came with major errors, shirk and so on, falling into shirk in their beliefs and so on. So, uh, yeah, any, um, opposing this very principle on this very foundation of the religion, Tawheed. However, in the time of this imam, The author, Muhammad, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, he lived in a time, anyone know where he was from? From the Najd region in, in Arabia, in, from Uyayna. That's where he was born. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah Ashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah Ashhadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah Ashhadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah 
صحي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح حي على الفلاح الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله The Imam himself, he brings a chapter within this book wherein he mentions from a hadith from the messenger Muhammad وسلم, wherein he stated that this, this ummah will, or from this ummah will be those who will revert back to worshipping the idols. And this indeed happened in his lifetime. Hence why this imam, he authored this book because the ummah, many from the ummah had, had fallen back into, or fallen into a shirk and opposed many aspects of Tawheed and became ignorant of many aspects that are connected to Tawheed. And so here in this book, the Imam, he decided to compile a book that covers in detail that which is important for any Muslim to know with regards to this extremely important principle and foundation, very reason of our creation, the very reason of our creation for our creation, at Tawheed. And so he. Naam. So the Imam, he mentioned. So the Imam, he mentioned within this kitab. For some reason, the slide not, is not, or the uh, the Mac has, uh, has froze. But uh, I did have displayed here some of the chapters that we would be going through, just to for us to have a brief look exactly at what we'd be covering. But just, although it's not working for whatever reason, I'll mention to you briefly. Now, the Imam, he begins the kitab with the chapter, um, the right of Allah upon his servant. So this is what he begins with. Showing to us and beginning this book with making clear to us the importance of Tawheed. The obligation of Tawheed, because this is why Allah has created us. And the reason for why Allah sent the messengers. The right of Allah upon his servants. Thereafter, the chapter after that is Fadlul Tawheed. The merits of virtues, if you like, 
of Tawheed and what it wipes away from the sins. The reason for this, if you look, because the, the whole kitab, the book, is not just random chapters put together. Because we know the meaning of a book when we say the book of Tawheed or the book of so-and-so, any book. A book consists of chapters put together. The author didn't just bring together randomly various chapters. When, you, when we go through and look at the order, even the, even the very order of how this imam has authored this book shows to us that this book is a book that is unique. There hasn't come a book from the imams that has been authored in such a way. So after this very first chapter, he moves on to this chapter here, which we just mentioned. The virtues of Tawheed and what, that which it wipes away from sins. Why did he do so? Because once you learn the right of Allah upon you, that it is Tawheed and the reason why he's created you and how it's obligatory upon you, a person needs to be pushed and motivated, encouraged and to know the benefits of that thing in order for him to carry that out. And so when a person hears its, its, its benefits and its virtues and its merits, that, it, that whoever carries out Tawheed and this is his reward, his sins are wiped away and so on, he'll enter paradise and so on, then yeah, and he, he works towards that thing. The chapter after that is whoever actualizes and perfects Tawheed. So after recognizing and knowing this is the purpose of your creation, after recognizing and learning these are the rewards, you then go on to learn that whoever not just carries out the obligation of this, but strives to perfect it. Strives to perfect it because Tawheed, the Tawheed of People and, whoever, and, and those who come with Tawheed, it varies from person to person. Those who are strong, those who complete it, those who are weak in Tawheed or have deficiencies. But the one who perfects it will enter paradise. How? He'll enter paradise without reckoning, without punishment. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that? So look how he went to that next level. Thereafter, the chapter, Al-Khawf Min Al-Shirk. Because once you learn this about Tawheed, in order for you to truly understand Tawheed, you need to learn the opposite. As they say, to fully understand something, you need to learn its opposite. So once you've learned about this topic of Tawheed and its importance, its reward, its virtues, and what you, you get if you perfect it, you also need to know, in order for you to perfect it also, you need to learn its opposite, shirk, so you can stay away from it. So you don't fall into that which negates it and opposes it. Thereafter comes the chapter, الدُّعَاءِ إِلَى شِحَارَةِ أَنْ لَا إِلَهِ The chapter of calling to La إِلَهِ calling to Tawheed. Why? Because once a person has recognized all of this and perfected Tawheed and come with Tawheed for himself, he then strives to call others to it. His loved ones, his family, his children, those who are beloved to him. He then strives to call others to it. Then comes the chapter, the tafsir of Tawheed, the explanation of Tawheed, and the testimony of La ilaha illallah. Because when you, give, when you call others now to Tawheed, you need to know what Tawheed is in order for you to explain it. Then comes the chapter, 
the يعني from shirk from shirk is to wear uh, a ring يعني from from shirk is wearing rings and um, twines strings through which a person intends to um, or يعني believes that these things ward off uh, harm and so on that this is something that affects a person's tawheed and harms it and make, causes it to be deficient so thereafter now the imam he begins to bring matters which cause a person's tawheed to become deficient so the whole book is there for a person to learn tawheed what is tawheed how to perfect it what is it that perfects it what is it is what is it that negates it and opposes it what is it that causes tawheed to become deficient what is the 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 major shirk which opposes tawheed and the minor shirk which opposes tawheed and all of this and so this kitab this book is a book my brothers and sisters that the scholars mention is a book that a person should strive and almost like an obligation upon an individual that he strives and the likes of this book not just this book but other books but as we've seen it is a book that is unique do you know any other book that has been authored in this way a book of Tawheed going into this detail of Tawheed Another benefit as Sheikh Saleh Fawzan, he mentioned concerning this book. Have you ever heard those who have refuted this book? Because there are those who don't like this Imam. Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab, and they now begin to use his name as a criticism of anyone who opposes them. Wahhabi, you're Wahhabi. This is what he authored. Has there ever been an attempt from anyone to refute and show that what the Imam has brought in this book is wrong? Not possible. Because everything that he brings, verse from the book of Allah, hadith from the messenger of Allah. Very simple, very easy. Naam. In fact, from some of the, some of the prints that you have of this book, those who are familiar with this book, you'll know that some prints... You have the chapters and then at the end of the chapter, you have the Masail or the important matters that are learnt from this chapter. Some copies, you don't have that, sir, for those who know. The reason for this, they say, is that he authored this, he, he wrote this book, he authored it twice. He began to write it when he was in, in Iraq, and when he travelled to Iraq, in Basra, where he, he authored it because he saw that the people were steeped in shirk. And because they were those who, who would not ex accept from him his speech, they didn't like him. So he wanted to keep the book free from his own speech and just from a verse from the book of Allah and hadith or narrations, athar from the Sahaba and the Imams. And so that's all he did. He, those masail and those matters that he derived from the chapter, he didn't include that. So, so these people don't say, oh look, this is his speech. We don't want any of his speech. So all they would see is verses from the Book of Allah, Book of Allah and the Hadith.
When he came back to to Uyayna and Dir'iyya, where he, he came back to, that's when he authored it again and he included these matters because the people in that region were his own people and they would accept from him. Naam. But this uh, Imam is someone who many, many, they uh, can't even stand to hear his name. Can't even stand to hear his name. But look how over a thousand more years later he's come and authored this book. And there is no mention of any of those who opposed him in his time. But look at this Imam, how his book, this book is a book that has been translated in many languages. A book that is studied in many of the mosques over and over again. Authored in such a way that even those before him never authored. And this reminds us of something which uh, the Imam from the second century, he mentioned Abu Bakr ibn Ayyash, he said that uh, from the people of Sunnah, uh, those who die, but their name lives on. From the people of innovation, those who die, and their name dies with them, their mention dies with them. Um, and that is because the people of Sunnah, they bring to life that which the Messenger of Allah came with. And so they have a nasib and a portion of the saying of Allah, وَرَفَعْنَا لَكَ ذِكْرَكَ Well, Allah mentioned about the Messenger of Allah وسلم, that we have, have raised for you your remembrance. Look how many years later, the name Muhammad وسلم, even the non-Muslims, they know of this name. They know of this name. And so what the Imam is saying here, that those who bring life to his sunnah, even their names are mentioned. Look at this Imam, Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab. Look how his, his work is translated to many languages and spread all over the world, studied all over the world in many of the mosques. As for the people of innovation, they die, their names die along with them. And for them is the nasib of the saying of, of Allah, Inna shani'aka huwal abtar. Indeed, your enemy, he's cut off, cut off from remembrance, the opposite. It cut off. There's no mention of them ever again. Naam. And so, we wanted to use this first class and this first session um, as an introduction and as a reminder, an important reminder for us to remember all of this that we've mentioned. And for us to likewise remember that all of this, this coming together of ours, these classes, this learning, all of this, my brothers and sisters, remember that this is so that we can become from the people of Tawheed. It's not just to learn it. It's not just to learn it and for us to revise it and so on, but we must strive to act upon it, to, to genuinely become from its people, the people of Tawheed. That we learn all of this so we can protect our Tawheed. And we can carry out this Tawheed in the way that we are able to perfect it and come to Allah with a tawheed that is perfect and tawheed inshallah that is kamil and complete and ideally so that we come to Allah with tawheed 
a tawheed that allows us to enter Jannah without reckoning and without punishment. And we will learn, inshallah ta'ala, how, how a person can do this. It is important, my brothers and sisters, that we, we approach these, these lessons and these classes and yani, this, this topic with keeping in mind always that we learn all of this so that it is something that benefits us, something that causes us to be truly from its people and that, not that it's just something that ends up being a proof upon us. Or against us. As the Messenger of Allah he said, Al Quran The Quran is either a proof for you or against you. All of this is either a proof for us or against us. And so we must strive to be from those who implement all of this. Those who become from the people of Tawheed, identify ourselves as the Muwahideen, the people of Tawheed, those who walk upon the earth, carrying out their purpose, why they were created to walk upon this earth and why the earth was created in the first place and that the one who does this, then he is carrying out a noble purpose. We weren't created as we learned. The heavens and the earth, all of this was created. That you know and recognize that Allah to him belongs. The, na the perfect names and attributes. He didn't create us for us to do all of this which we see the people busy themselves with because with the zahmatul hayat that we have around us these day, and these lives that we have come to live these busy lives that we live now that when we wake up we wake up and the chase is on immediately the, the chase is on immediately and yani the Chasing doesn't stop from the very beginning, from as soon as we wake up. Whether that is that we go out and we work, that we go out and we earn, that we go out, go out and, and, and learn that which will help us to survive, so we educate ourselves, we go out and study. All of these things that we do in order for us to survive. But why? Why are we, why are we here? Why are we living? Why are we surviving? Are we, are we, are we doing all of this? And forgetting the very reason why we were created. Even if you think about as soon as we wake up. As soon as we wake up, the mind is on what, what, what am I having for breakfast? What am I going to have for lunch? What, what, what am I going to have in the evening? We're planning this survival. Hmm? And so it is important that we don't get tied up. In the zahma, in these things that preoccupy us away from the very purpose of our creation, this tawheed. This is why we're here. Allah created us, all of this, the heavens and the earth, didn't create us for us to now learn about it so that we learn maths and we learn science and that we become uh, learned in these affairs going to get a good education, going to get a good job, well paid. Or that we learn uh, these skills and these professions that we become a good footballer. Mm. Yes, these things. Some of these things, yes, we have to perform and we have to do. We have to carry out. We have to go out and earn a living. We have to survive. We have to eat. We have to drink. 
But not in, in and of themselves. Not, that's not the very reason why we do these things. We do these things in order to stay alive. And we stay alive, why? To worship Allah. And that is what Allah says. Don't forget your portion of this dunya. We have to live in this world. We have to live. So we do these things just to survive. Hmm? But we don't live for them. We live for the worship of Allah. We are born for that. We die for that. That is something that we must remember, ayyul ikhwa wal akhwat. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he grants us the tawfiq. The tawfiq for us to explain and continue to uh, work through this uh, great book in a way that benefits all of us. We ask him to make us from those who benefit from that which we uh, learn and that which we hear. And we ask him to make us from the people of Tawheed. Innahu wa liyudhalik wal qadr alayhi wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Muhammad. This particular uh, class, this introductory class was longer than usual. We did start late, but in the future, I believe by the next uh, session, uh, the salah will come forward, I believe, to about 8.45. And so we've tried to keep the class to 45 minutes. And so next week, we begin with the kitab itself. Nam, the first chapter. Nam, Zakum Allah.